0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu.
1: It's really hard to separate San Diego from surfing. It's a huge part of life here and a big draw for people who make San Diego home. That's certainly true for Frank Nasworthy.
2: You know, there is this nat- literally measurable natural energy in these waves, and you're really just aligning with it. And, and to me, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it sounds corny, it's a cosmic alignment. I mean, it's like, if I go surf, I try to go surfing, but if I go out and get a couple good waves, it changes the week for me.
1: Welcome to My First Day, telling stories of those who've come to San Diego from elsewhere, and now call it home. My name's Andrew Bracken. Frank Nasworthy's love of surfing was what brought him to Encinitas, a small beach community north of San Diego. But it was his innovation to skateboarding and creating Cadillac wheels specifically that forever cemented his legacy. Frank's story, right after the break.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.
1: Here's Frank Nasworthy with his story of... My first day, I was uh, a
2: son of a, a naval aviator it was a, a childhood of moving. I think nine or 10 schools in the first 12 years of school. Honestly, as a child, you don't really realize that it's that's, is there any, is there a, a different way to do this or not. But what it, I realized for me, it conditioned me to be able to walk into any room, anywhere, anytime, and talk to people. I was in class in 1969. So in our school year, we saw Within a year of my graduation, Martin Luther King assassinated. Bobby Kennedy assassinated. Richard Nixon elected. The war in Cambodia started. And so by the time I left home, uh, or graduated high school, I was a pretty confused young man.
1: Frank graduated high school during an especially turbulent time in the U.S. The war in Vietnam was raging, and tensions were sky-high at home, with a military draft looming for young men. During his freshman year of college, Frank started protesting the war.
2: I ended up in a demonstration where I was arrested for trespassing and um, summarily uh, suspended from school. So within a year of graduation, I was 1A in the draft, and no school would take me because of a suspension in the nature of my suspension from college. So, But at that time, um, they came along with the draft lottery. If I never win another lottery in my life, I won that one.
1: Unable to attend college, Frank returned home to help care for his ailing mother, who was seriously ill from a brain tumor.
2: I'll never forget uh, the last time I saw my mom, she was in a, a care facility, let's call it that, and she was pretty much not conscious, but all I had to do was say the word mom and she just woke up, her eyes just came, she came like a, it was like a, a laser, like, you're Here. I remember as an 18- or 19-year-old, it was really hard going in there and seeing people in that condition when you're young and you think, your know, life is forever, and here's just this reality. Basically, my mother took about a year and a half for her to die. It was a learning experience beyond imagination. I realized that, you know, for me, my goal should be to, that can happen to anybody at any time. The time now is to find out what it is you want to do and do it as hard as you can. And a lot of times, it's just a matter of growing up and realizing that, to grab that. And the one thing that I found in my life that I love more than anything was all sorts of water sports, sailing and everything. But surfing was something that I, I, at the time, I didn't understand it. For me, it's so, uh, it's a spiritual thing that you're really, you're really engaging yourself with uh, the forces of nature in a really complex f- manner. Just how waves are formed by giant storms thousands of miles away, and this, this rolling wave of energy comes to the beach, and you're playing with gravity and you're playing with a wave in the ocean. You're so close to the environment in, in that. Kind of crazy, but it's a, it's a cosmically unique situation.
1: Much like surfing in San Diego, skateboarding and surfing also go together. And it was a love of surfing that eventually brought Frank to his skateboarding innovation and to Cadillac wheels.
2: I don't remember where I actually got my first skateboard. I remember nailing skates to to a two by four and using that as a skateboard, but... Um, the surfing thing came around, and the skateboarding thing kind of fell off because it was limited because of the, the equipment. Only, you can only go so far. Some guys were doing lots of tricks and everything, but to be going really fast and kind of going down a hill or something in turn, the old clay wheels just did not afford a lot of traction. It, it was a toy, a toy that it was a fad toy. Nobody wanted to spend real money on skateboarding. Well, during that period of time was when I uh, was... Fortunate enough, and it's just dumb luck, good fortune. But with a friend into a small shop of a gentleman there in Northern Virginia who was a manufacturing products, or he was trying to innovate products with a material that hadn't gained a lot of notoriety, urethane. And one of the processes there is I was making some wheels for a roller rink in in South Florida. And when we walked into a shop with my friend to see yet yeah, this man's son, I looked at this. Uh, barrel of wheels, and I picked them up, and I was just looked at them, and I go. At the time, myself and my friends, we were little frustrated surfers. We were uh, living inland. We were traveling to the beach, surfing on the weekends to Cape Hatteras, Ocean City, Maryland, Eastern Shore of Virginia. But we were, we still had skateboards, and I looked at these wheels, and I realized that all of a sudden here was a, a literally a elastomeric wheel that would be capable of being retrofitted onto my skateboard. And um, the man said, oh, take them. I was just trying to throw them into the dump there. Took them home. We took out our skateboards and put these on our skateboards. and So we were the first people to actually ever get to try urethane wheels on skateboards. Uh, There's immense areas of concrete in Washington, DC, and Northern Virginia, and we've just skated everywhere. People sort of looked at us as this, freaky, wild thing that they'd never seen. They'd seen people skateboarding, sort of, but it was not in the context of the freedom that the urethane wheel gave you, where you could control turns and you didn't slide sideways. And it was a skateboard with traction. It was about a year later, that I, I went with my friend, it was his car, but we, we, went, we came to California to go surfing. My friend and I basically drove up and down the coast looking for surf and um, kind of passed through
1: from San Diego to San Francisco. I don't know if we looped it twice. During their California travels, Frank and his friends spent some time in Los Angeles where they had a crash pad of sorts.
2: No offense, to LA or it sucked up there. It was too, way too weird. It was urban. I'm not an urban person. It was Sunset Boulevard. There were all the freaky things you could ever, the whole gamut of a freak show. That it was the kind of uh, drug culture that was there and it really drove me harder to find the sweet spot that I was looking for.
1: When we come back, Frank finds his sweet spot at a beach in Encinitas called Swami's.
0: KPBS on demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu/olli we were driving up
2: actually i think pretty much kind of heading back to los angeles the north hollywood area and we pulled off at this little overlook and just there was swamis and i just went told my friend bill bill harward bill i'm getting out here this is where i want it this is this is the spot i think it's a good spot so so i had a sleeping bag a duffel bag and a little backpack and a surfboard Kind of slept in a, in a little private part of the beach for a couple of nights until um, I had had time to find a room and I rented a room pretty quickly. But the first day was, it was, it's funny, so it's gonna be an audio thing. If it was a movie at all, I would see. You just, this picture of something in my mind I have this picture. I'm not doing it justice, but surfers will know what it is that I'm talking about because it's sort of a sacred place. Encinitas was not very well-developed. There was no pizza. You couldn't buy a pizza in Encinitas. There were no McDonald's, uh, lots of health food stores, and things that I had never really seen, you know, you know, where you get you know carrot juice and avocado sandwiches. But it, they, there was all these very eclectic, organic food industry was just having its, its, its startup days. And uh, it was a town that did not have a lot of people, did not have a lot of traffic. The freeway had just been opened about two years before I arrived. So I also remember driving down the freeway, I-5, and looking at how clean it was. Look at all this concrete was new. I just re- remarked that how it's all new. I-, I think I fit the, fit the bill for uh, a 100% Encinitas surfing hippie for a few years. So it really wasn't very long. I actually, it was within like a year and a half of the, I'd been in Encinitas when I knew in the back of my head there was these wheels. And this was really ground zero for where something like that would work. And I, I, I had thought about it a while, like where else would you do it? and And at the end of the day, um, I contacted the man who knew how to make them. I contacted him and said, "I want to buy some wheels. I want you to make wheels for me." And then it came down to, "Well, you have to buy a thousand wheels." And so, you know, so I'm 20, 21, working in a restaurant. I'm kind of going, okay. So, I rationalized that if I bought a thousand wheels, I could find 250 skateboarders in Southern California that wanted to pull their skateboards out of their garage and put the wheels on it. So that I was really confident that I had enough market that I could afford to go ahead and make the investment on 1,000 wheels. And and that's what I did. I knew there was at least 250 people out there who wanted to put skateboards on their new skateboard wheels on their skateboards. I had to go through the shop owners to get them. And the shop owners were the guys who were very skeptical, even the ones that still had skateboard wheels in their showcase and their, on their counters, Um, I'll never forget the guy at the, it was sort of the Hobie store in Pacific Beach. And he goes, you know, that wheel looks really nice. But he goes, see this wheel here? He goes, that wheel cost a skateboarder 50 cents. You're selling me a wheel that at the time I was wholesaling for a dollar and everybody just keystones it. It would be a $2 product to a skateboarder. He goes, nobody's going to buy that. Nobody's going to pay that money. I ended up just giving a lot of wheels away. A hundred I mean I had a thousand, so maybe I gave away three or four hundred wheels. And by that time then it got crazy. Then the shop owners gonna call me up, going, Hey, people are asking for these wheels now. And so that's how it started out. And so with a a young guy who really had no business experience, I mean I could count and figure things out, but I had no um, business experience. I just started sell a thousand, buy two thousand, buy, buy four thousand. I was just 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 rolling the money over as fast as I could. We just knew that other people would want this. Our target was surfers with skateboards in their garage, and that was that was the end of the vision. Um, and I did not know enough to go. Frank, wh- wh- how, where are you going to be in two years from now? No, I was worrying about the next month, the next wheel order. We were up in the hundreds of thousands of wheel order. Now, that's $100,000, and that's a lot of money in 1973. It's a lot of money. Lot of money. It, was, it was crazy for a while. But the real question was, where is this going to go next? And um, I did not have the business acumen to ask that question soon enough. And um, uh, of course, other people did when they saw the potential. And the the competition was not far away once I started. As a matter of fact, the day the guy called me (laughs) and told me that, you know, someone has come in and bought my factory. And you're going to have to deal with this person. And my image in my mind was my sailboat going off into the sunset. (laughs) I saw a sailboat sailing away without me. Skateboarding did not bring me wealth in the terms of, of financial wealth, but I feel um, totally satisfied with, with the way everything has happened and uh, um, the, the ability to feel like you're part of something that, that brought good things
1: to the world. After Cadillac Wheels, Frank tried some other skateboarding ventures but eventually left the industry altogether. He went back to school and became an engineer, where he would sometimes be reminded of his past.
2: We started going outsourcing. The point being, I was all over the world, and when you're sitting in the middle of undeveloped China and you're going down a street and you see a kid skateboarding, it's just unbelievable. To go to these places where you're so far from where, out of my reality, my, my culture, and everything, that this, this skateboarding is ubiquitous. For me, that, that's just remarkable. Um, I, I get an in- incredible amount of joy out of seeing that. That it has something that has created this uh, outlet for people's creativity and, and athleticism all over the world. That it wasn't just me, <laughs> although I got to be there in the very beginning and feel it.
1: Frank Nasworthy still lives in Encinitas and surfs at Swami's, though not as often as his early days. Thanks for listening. Our email is myfirstdaystories at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at myfirstdaystories. You can find me at andrewbracken.com. My First Day is produced by me, Andrew Bracken, with additional help from Melissa Diaz. Music by Jason Beaton, Chris Curtis, The Matt Entry, and me. For KPBS, Emily Jankowski is Technical Director, Kinsey Moreland is Podcast Coordinator, Lisa Jane Morissette is Operations Manager, and John Decker is Director of Programming. This program is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Local Content Fund. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.